Good morning. Good morning to those of you uh, on Team Connect who are here in the building. Good morning to uh, everyone else watching us online this morning live. It's great to see you and have you with us here this morning. Uh, you probably know that there are some churches who already have reopened on Sunday mornings to having services. There are some that will wait longer and we at Connect, we don't feel like there's a right or wrong uh, time for all churches. It's really down to each individual church, and every church has different uh, situations, different scenarios to weigh up. So for us here at Connect, uh, we felt like July 12th, this was a, a good time to step back into in-person services on a Sunday morning. Uh, as Andy said, they will look a little bit different at first. We're in the auditorium here this morning. You'll see this when you come back next week. We've removed half the chairs. So there's a good six-foot gap between each row. Uh, there'll be a lot of uh, spacing uh, that we'll ask of people between families, between groups to create that social distancing. Uh, later this week, you're going to hear via email and social media an update of what all of our policies will be next weekend. And, and then you can make the choice if that's an environment you feel comfortable coming back to. Uh, to worship together as a church, then you're welcome to join us on a Sunday morning. Uh, if you're not comfortable yet being around a crowd like this, uh, that's absolutely fine. We're, our commitment to you is we are going to continue to offer uh, the best possible online experience. So you can still enjoy worshiping with us, listening to the message. You'll be a part of the community. Some will be here in person. Some will be at home. Uh, you can still be a part of our services each week. And, uh, and we just, we're going to ask you to be flexible with us because I'm sure as each week goes on, we may adapt and adjust and we'll listen to input and we'll see if we can come up with the best environment possible. But uh, we are excited. It was just, it, it was cool this morning to be able to worship together and to, to worship God together. Uh, and I'll be honest, I'm enjoying speaking and actually seeing some faces this morning as opposed to just looking at a camera. Now, the problem is when I look at a camera, I assume that you're all at home laughing at my jokes. This morning, we'll find out if anyone's even laughing at my jokes. So here we go. So in our series, Build the Church, last week, uh, if you didn't get to join us, I asked a question at the very beginning of the message. That question was, what are you doing? What are you doing? The question was in light to some teaching that James wrote when he talked about having faith without deeds. He said, if you've got faith, if you believe in Jesus, but you're not doing something, then, then really your faith is kind of dead because your faith should inspire you. When, you. when you know how much God loves you and how much he's done for you, that, that faith in Jesus, that should inspire you to do something. And I hope this last week you were kind of challenged at those thoughts of, you know, what's my faith inspiring me to do in my life? And if you didn't get to listen to that, you can go back online and you can find that message on Facebook or on our website. It's funny because when we asked the question, what are you doing? We talked about maybe as a parent, you found yourself asking your kids that question. What are you doing? Maybe you've screamed that when you've discovered your kids doing something they shouldn't be doing. We had our Connect group last Sunday night and uh, we had some laughs as we talked about the message and we shared stories. And it was like each couple was able to outdo the next one. They're like, well, where'd you hear what my kids did once? And, and even this week, I've talked to some families and they've said, oh yeah, that was one of those what are you doing moments with my kids. So this morning, we're going to continue on. We're going to look at another uh, great uh, little bit of teaching that James brings us. This, this letter that James wrote is just full of such wisdom and such 
practical insights that we can play out in our lives that we as followers of Jesus can use to build the church. And this week, to preempt what I want to speak about uh, this morning, I'm going to ask another question. So last week, the question we asked was, what are you doing? This week, it's another question that you as parents may have asked your kids at some point. It may be a question the uh, wives, you've had to ask your spouse, your husband at some point. And that question is, are you listening to me? <laughs> are you listening to me? Just the other day, Casey and I, uh, she said to me, you weren't even listening, were you? Which I thought was a really weird sentence to start a conversation with. But uh, they are working. The jokes work live as well as online. Everyone here except for Casey, who just kind of shook her head. <laughs> are you listening? You know, it was, as I was preparing for this message, and we're going to see what James has to say about this subject in just a second, but as I was preparing, I did some research, and I found out that the University of Minnesota did a study a while back to, to assess how well we listen. They, were, uh, they did assessment with their students there who sit through lectures on a regular basis. And this University of Minnesota study discovered that immediately after the average person, person has listened to someone talk, he remembers only about half of what he's heard. So immediately after listening to someone talk, he or she remembers only about half of what they've just heard said. With each day and week that progresses, the amount that that person remembers gets less and less. As a person who speaks every Sunday, that was really encouraging to hear, to know that this morning, 50% of what I say will be gone before you've even logged off or walked out of the building. And as each day continues, less and less will be remembered. So for speakers like myself, we have to come up with these, these communication skills to help you listen, to help get our point across. So for example, if I really wanted to illustrate a very important point, if I wanted to really make sure that you get it, that when you hear it, when you listen to it, you don't forget it, there are certain things I can do as a communicator. One of those things uh, that I'll do from time to time is I'll say a phrase and then I'll repeat that phrase. By repeating that phrase, it really emphasizes the importance of that phrase and helps you as the listener to remember what I said. I'll give you an example. Um, I may not just say, country music is bad. I may say it again, country music is bad. <laughs> okay, I may just say it twice, just to, just to re-emphasize the, uh, the importance of that point. <laughs> Sometimes I won't just repeat a phrase, I'll actually throw up an image or a graphic just to illustrate the importance. So these are my three children. We were on vacation a few years back in Nashville. We're on Broadway here, the heart of country music. And, and this image, I feel like, helps illustrate the point of how I feel about country music. I'll move on. So uh, even though I can try and do some things to help you, aid you as the listener, the reality is we struggle at times, don't we, to listen. And I think we'd like to think, maybe we use the excuse, well, in this day and age, there are so many distractions and all that's going on. And, you know, kids today, you know, when I was a kid, I didn't have all this stuff going on all around me and I could really listen. And, but the reality is that may well be true that there's more distractions and more going on today than has ever been before. But the reality is 
Listening has been an issue for a lot longer than that. Because 2,000 years ago, James, writing the letter to, to Jewish Christians throughout the Roman Empire, he addresses this very idea of listening. Listen to what he says in James chapter 1, verse 19 through 21. He says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. James is talking about this idea of listening. You know, each week when I prepare a message, I always feel like, man, I think this will speak to a certain group of people this morning, or this will really help this individual with what they're going through right now. I feel like this message this morning, this is for all of us. I think every single one of us can read that phrase that James just said and say, yeah, you know what? I could do better than that. Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Amen. Let's close. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. We could all do with hearing those words. If you're unsure, if you have a Facebook account, you really need to listen <laughs> to what James has to say. Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. That should be etched on our phones, on our keyboards, on our computers before we go to type something. And the truth is, there's a lot of practical implications as far as listening, speaking, getting angry that we can talk about. And we're going to dig into that before this message is done. But before we do, I want to read the next couple of sentences that James writes because there's actually some context to why he is saying this. We're going to discover this morning as followers of Jesus, 2,000 years later, this is just as applicable to us as it was to his original audience that he was writing to what he means when he's talking about listening. So the next verse, verse 22. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. So when it comes to listening, James is talking about the idea of the importance of listening, but very specifically, he says, but here's what's important, listening to the word of God, listening to the teachings of Jesus, listening to the Bible and what it has to teach us day in and day out. And I love that James is, is, uses these pictures throughout his book. And I, if you know me, you know that I love analogies and pictures, and that really helps me kind of understand different things. And James is one of those people, and uh, you're going to discover as we continue to look at the letter he writes that there's all sorts of illustrations. And in this one, he talks about a mirror. I brought a mirror with me here this morning. I've got to be careful because... As it hits the lights, I'm right there, Bobby. See, I can, uh, I can single you out, see who's asleep, see who's awake. So we all have these in our homes, don't we? And they come in all shapes and sizes. They're 
fancy and ornate, and some are very uh, simple, some are modern looking, some are very small, they could be held in our hand. This was on my uh, daughter's bedroom wall, this is in Emma's bedroom. Some are like full length mirrors. And even though mirrors come in all sorts of different shapes and sizes, and they all look very different, the reality is that every single mirror, it really only has one purpose. It doesn't matter what that mirror looks like. It only really has one purpose. And that is for us to see what we look like. To see what we look like. And in fact, more than just that, um, not just to see what we look like, but to make sure that we're happy with what we see. To make sure that we like what we see. For example, some of us will, will use these mirrors. Let's just take a look and make sure there's not a hair out of place. And nope, they're, they're all good. I don't need to check too often <laughs> for that. Some of you more than me, maybe. Some of you use mirrors to look to make sure that you haven't got any food in your teeth after you've just had a meal. Maybe to look to see if there are any stains or anything on your clothes before you're ready to go out. Some of you have full-length mirrors like I do in my house where I'll, I'll look to see what I'm wearing, make sure everything matches and looks good uh, before I leave for the day. Although that mirror in our house is broken right now, I think, because uh, every time I look, it looks fine to me. And then I go to leave and Casey's like, you're not going out looking like that. <laughs> you're wearing that shirt with those shorts. <laughs> so I don't know what's wrong with the mirror. Obviously, something wrong with that mirror. But... Um, the main purpose, though, for owning a mirror, for having a mirror in our house, is to give us the ability to look, to see ourselves, and make sure we look as clean and as neat and as presentable as possible. Which is why it's such a great analogy, it's such a great picture that James chooses to use to illustrate what it looks like for us to look into the teachings of Jesus, to look into the Word of God. It should be like a mirror in our lives. We should be able to look at it and read a passage, and it should reflect back where we are in relation to that passage. I'll give you just a real practical example here. So Jesus, in Matthew chapter 6, he's talking about forgiveness. And uh, you might be reading the Bible one day, or you might be sat in a service like this, and you hear the Bible presented, the, teachers of, the teachings of Jesus presented, and you hear these sentences. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Just a very simple teaching there by Jesus on the subject of forgiveness and, and our responsibility when it comes to forgiveness. If we want to receive forgiveness, we've got to be willing to forgive, to forgive others in our life. And that becomes like a mirror because when we read that, it reflects back and instantly we're drawn to a situation in our lives. Maybe we, maybe we read that and we realize, you know what? I'm still mad. I'm still mad at that person for what they did. And in that moment, the word of God, it reflects back and it shows us that there is something as a follower of Jesus that we need to address in our lives. Like looking in a mirror and seeing your hair's out of place or your, um, you've got food in your teeth. You're seeing something that God's revealing in your life that needs to be changed. This is why when James is talking about the, the mirror being like the word of God, he says that, that when we read something like this, we've got to be quick to listen and slow to become angry. 
We've got to be quick to listen to what Jesus is teaching us through these words and slow to become angry. Imagine looking in the mirror one day and, and just not being happy with what you saw, so you just smashed the mirror. I mean, you could do that, but at the end of the day, it wasn't the mirror's fault, was it? It wasn't the mirror's fault that you weren't happy with what you saw. It was what you saw in yourself. So James is saying, be quick to listen and slow to become angry. When, when you're presented with something in your life that you know needs addressing, needs changing, don't be angry. Just, just allow God to work in your life. Be quick to listen. And then as well as not getting angry, James also cautions us here in this passage, doesn't he? Uh, not to forget and ignore what we see. He says, imagine looking in a mirror and then going away and forgetting what you look like. I mean, that's ridiculous, isn't it? Can you imagine the readers of James's letter when he first wrote it? They maybe even chuckled at that point thinking, that's a silly idea. As if anyone would ever look in a mirror and then walk away and forget what they look like. But James is saying, hey, be careful, because some of you are doing that. Some of you are being presented here with something that, that Jesus wants you to know about yourself. And you're sitting there and you're nodding, thinking, mm, that's good. And then you walk away and you do nothing about it. Or you, you actually forget all about it. Every time we read the Bible, every time we attend a church service, there's an opportunity for God to reveal something in our lives. An area where we could become more like Jesus, become more of the person he wants us to be. But the danger is that we can leave a church service or, or read a portion of the Bible and, and close it and feel pretty good that we've checked that off the list. We did that for the week. But just like we talked about last week, that we don't want to just be hearers of the word, we want to be doers of the word. It's all well and good to hear the teachings of Jesus, but what are we doing about that? What are we doing with what we're learning? The writer of Hebrews des describes the, the Word of God, the Bible, like this. He says, For the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Isn't that an amazing description of, of just what the, the purpose of the Word of God, the teachings of Jesus, the teachings of the Bible? It's like this, this amazing instrument to, to divide, to do this work in our lives. It's alive. It's something that God wants to use to, to really change who we are and to, to affect who we are. So let's not be angry at what it reveals about us. And let's not forget what it tells us. Let's be intentional at listening to what it says to us. That's what James is teaching here on the subject of listening. He says, hey, you need to learn to listen to what God through his Holy Spirit wants to say to you. Because I believe, especially if you're a follower of Jesus here this morning, but even if you're not yet a follower of Jesus, I believe God is trying to reach out and, and talk to you to communicate with you. And we have to decide, are we going to be people who listen to what he says? Or are we going to be the kind of people who look in a mirror and walk away and immediately forget what we look like? That would be such a shame, wouldn't it? To hear God speak to us through, through the Bible or through a message like this or through a, a small group discussion and hear what God is saying, but then move away 
and not listen and not respond. But if we ended here this morning, while I believe this is what James was teaching, he was talking about listening in the context of what it looks like to to study the Word of God, for God to speak to us uh, through Jesus' teachings, through the Bible. I think James was also being intentional here about talking about just the, the idea of listening in general. And it would be a shame to stop here this morning and not really dig a little bit deeper and ask ourselves that question this morning, am I listening? Are you listening this morning? Because if we're going to be people who are going to build the church, and that's what we're talking about in this series, that's what James is helping us understand what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus... If we're going to be the kind of people who are going to build the church, because that's more than just showing up for an hour on a Sunday morning. That's part of our everyday lives, day in, day out. Then I think for us as followers of Jesus, if we're going to build the church, we're going to need to be people who are willing to listen. To listen and to learn. You see, James was writing this letter to, to Jewish Christians who are scattered across the Roman Empire. He knew his audience well. He knew that many of them had grown up in Jewish families, were very familiar with their Jewish culture. While he didn't mention this, he probably knew that that many of them knew uh, a famous proverb at the time that Jewish teachers, they were called rabbis, would would teach. This was a, a famous saying, a famous proverb, and it goes like this, two ears are given to us, but only one tongue. The ears are open and exposed, whereas the tongue is walled in behind the teeth. So they'd be familiar with this idea. You may have heard this before. Two ears, one mouth. Let's try and use them proportionally. Let's try and see if we can listen twice as much, at least, than we speak. Because listening is very important. And I think for us as followers of Jesus, if we want to grow and become more like Jesus... If we want to be more effective at reaching people in our world and and representing Jesus, I think we've got to be willing to be a people who listen. You see, I actually think listening is more important today than it's ever been. In our chaotic world, in our divisive and and divided culture that we're in right now where there's so much polarization and, and extremes going on, What I see dying quicker and quicker is just the ability to listen. Listening is coming under attack. I came across a video that illustrates that uh, just this week. It's a very short video from a a longer talk, but I thought it did a really good job of kind of explaining uh, how listening is being affected. So check this out. I said at the beginning we're losing our listening. Why did I say that? Well, there are a lot of reasons for this. First of all, we invented ways of recording. First writing, then audio recording, and now video recording as well. The premium on accurate and careful listening has simply disappeared. Secondly, the world is now so noisy with this cacophony going on visually and auditorily, it's just hard to listen. It's tiring to listen. Many people take refuge in headphones, but they turn big public spaces like this, shared soundscapes, into millions of tiny little personal sound bubbles. In this scenario, nobody's listening to anybody. We're becoming impatient, and the art of conversation is being replaced, dangerously, I think, by personal broadcasting. 
We're becoming desensitized. Our media have to scream at us with these kind of headlines in order to get our attention. And that means it's harder for us to pay attention to the quiet, the subtle, the understated. This is not trivial. Because listening is our access to understanding. Conscious listening always creates understanding. And only without conscious listening can these things happen. A world where we don't listen to each other at all is a very scary place indeed. I believe that every human being needs to listen consciously in order to live fully. Connected in space and in time to the physical world around us. Connected in understanding to each other. Not to mention spiritually connected because every spiritual path I know of has listening and contemplation at its heart. So this was part of a talk that went on about just listening in general. And I loved the point the, the uh, speaker made there where he said it's becoming hard to listen. Because when I watched that video, it kind of made me realize, you know, if I truly want to be somebody who, like James says, is quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, that it's going to be hard. I'm going to have to work at that. That's not something that's going to come naturally. In today's world, with all the chaos and all the noise and everything that's going on, it, you have to work a little bit harder now, maybe than ever before, at being a listener. You know, in light of what's been going on here in the States over the last couple of months, like um, many of us were horrified to see that video of George Floyd being killed, and it started this huge conversation, both locally, but more really online and in the media. A lot of discussion, a lot of tension, a lot of people were quick to, to respond with opinions. And what I saw in social media was a lot of people who were quick to speak and a lot of people who were quick to get angry. And James teaches us that, that those are the last things we should do. The first thing we should do is be willing to listen. So I chose to follow the advice of James and I've tried really hard over the last few months to be intentional in listening. The chief of police here in Washington, someone I'd consider a good friend, is a part of Connect Church. I remember when this first happened, I, I met with him. I pray for him regularly, and I met with him, and I, I wanted to hear his perspective. Because there was a lot of things being said about police in general, and I wanted to listen to him, because this is a man who for years and years and years has been in law enforcement, and told me he didn't like what he saw in that video. It wasn't right. And yet this is a man who's a police officer, or has police officers who report to him, and I wanted to listen to hear what life was like for him seeing all of this play out around him. I also wanted to learn more just about racism in general. This was a big conversation that was going on and something that me as a, um, a white Englishman hasn't really had to receive the, the negative impact of that much, so I chose to listen. I chose to, to read and to listen to talks and listen to videos and, and to listen to people who have experienced this in their lives. I actually made a decision. I've got friends, uh, African-American friends, but there was one guy in particular that I asked to meet with. He's the pastor of St. Paul's Baptist Church uh, in Peoria. He's a fantastic guy. I've known him for many years now. And as a black pastor and as a black leader in the community, I say, can we meet and have coffee? Because I want to get your, your wisdom. I want to listen to you, not just as a person of color, but as somebody who's a pastor of a church. 
I feel that responsibility as a leader here and as a pastor to, to lead well. And I want to hear your experience. And we sat and we had coffee together. He shared his own story of his life. He grew up in a very um, black community. Uh, He had parents who loved him. He said his upbringing was actually a very um, good upbringing. He never really experienced any prejudice because most of his friends and neighbors were all African-American. He said he didn't really encounter prejudice uh, for the first time until he arrived at college. He went to college here in Peoria at Bradley University. And he said he was at Bradley in the 90s, uh, maybe late 80s, early 90s, and there was a guy locally here by the name of Matthew Hale, Matt Hale, some of you may have heard about him. He had some very strong white supremacist views, and some of you who live locally will remember that that chapter of our, our local history. And he said it was really difficult to be on a college campus at this time and to hear people who were on either side of this argument. For the first time, I had to experience this and hear this. He now leads a great church in Peoria. He has black people and white people in his church. He says, and for the most part, uh, things are great. But then something like this happens, and, and the whole conversation gets stirred up. And he goes, it's difficult because, you know, he goes, I've got people I love dearly, friends of mine who are pastors, but, um, but don't understand necessarily what it's like to grow up in the situation I grew up in. So I said to him, I said, I, I want to listen. I want to hear from your perspective. How, how can I be a better person? How can I be a better pastor? How can I be a better father and husband and, and learn about this situation? Something I've not experienced myself. And I loved what he shared with me that day at the, over that coffee because it ties in so well with what I'm talking about this morning that James is teaching us. I asked him, how can we do better? And he said, the best advice I can give you as a leader in your community, as a leader to your church, is to challenge people to strive to be people of empathy. People of empathy. The dictionary defines empathy this way. It's the ability to understand and share the feelings of another. The ability to understand and share the feelings of another. And do you know the best way to truly experience empathy? is to Listen is to listen, and and that's hard, because it may mean we have to step outside of our comfort zone, it may mean we have to get involved in a conversation, but it's putting ourselves in a place to be able to listen so that we can find that empathy. And this goes across the board. In any situation in our lives, wherever you find yourselves this morning, I think as followers of Jesus, James is challenging us to be listeners. It doesn't mean we have to be agreeers or endorsers, but I think we can be listeners. Because what I'm finding as a follower of Jesus is when I'm willing to listen to someone, it gives me an opening, an opportunity to talk back, to share what Jesus means to me. I get to share my faith a little bit. And because I was a listener first, I've earned that right to then become a speaker. And it's kind of simple, but James, I think, nailed it here 2,000 years ago in the order in which he said it. He says, hey, why not just do this? Why not be slow to speak, slow to become angry, and quick to listen? Start out by listening. Don't speak, don't get angry, just listen. And I think that's what he's trying to teach us this morning and how we can build our church. So let's be people this morning who are slow to speak, 
slow to become angry, quick to listen, be people of empathy, and represent Jesus, love like Jesus in every community, in every situation that we find ourselves in. Are you listening this morning? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the wise words of James. Thank you that as we go each week, we're going to find out that there are so many unique things that James talks about that apply even 2,000 years ago to us today. Just, just that one phrase, that we would be people who are quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. I feel like those are words that we need to hear more than ever before today in a world that's full of a lot of anger. As your followers, Father, I pray that we would um, reflect you as we look into the mirror of your word and your teachings. Let us be people who respond to what we see. To learn to become more like you, to learn to listen and to adapt and to, to become who you want us to be. And then as we live our lives, as we build the church in our communities, help us to continue to, to love and to listen in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for being with us this morning. Next Sunday, we will be open for our live service. Stay tuned this week on social media and email, and we'll keep you posted on all the details for next Sunday's service. Have a great week. Goodbye.